You're listening to the Mumcast, the best weekly comic book podcast recorded in Southampton, England on Thursday nights. In our 245th episode, we talk about this week's comics and this week James Spotlight's Broad Lads, Spider Man, <laughs> Craven's first hunt. You guys are funny guys. Alright, Mike, it's nice out. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm James. You're not going to have another go at that. You're happy with that, are Oh. You? I, no, that's I thought it was no, quite no. funny. I thought it was Spider Man thing. It is, that is yeah. funny. It no, was. that's what you planned all along, and I thought it was very good. Yeah. Takes I, had fucking, to get take, my, I had to compose myself. What you won't appreciate, uh, listener, is how how long it takes to write this shit. Jane was literally up until two o'clock this morning writing that. I hope you appreciate it. All it all sounds like ad libs, but it's like uh, it's like curb your enthusiasm and anything that looks improvised just isn't. It's, it's a, just people are really good at their craft. It's a bit like that German free kick the other day where I think it was closer. Uh, fell straight a on his face. Free zone. Did that whoop, happen? Whoop, I don't. Uh, has this there is been a football? football free <laughs> <zone>. <laughs> you can't. You whoop, can't bully me whoop, into not talking this about. This is a football free apparently zone. Apparently, Jane can bully me whoop, into not whoop, talking about the whoop. f word. So, what have you two been doing this week, Jane? Oh, You've been um, doing Jane. What? Most certainly not. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> well, Nick, when two people love each other very much. <laughs> you two are the will they, won't they coming on this the, podcast. The, they won't. Um, <laughs> the man puts his erect penis his, into the lady's vagina. His wee wee in the lady's hoo ha. <laughs> and they put it in and out and they repeat as necessary until the gentleman finishes. And then the gentleman falls asleep, and the lady feels a sense of empty betrayal <laughs> and disappointment until the point where she's had enough and leaves the man because he's a feckless lover. Does he put his his sock warmer inside her velvet purse? No. Wow, oh. that's a yeah, that's a euphemism. Who's ever often? called a penis a sock warmer? I was just thinking, what I do I do with my penis? penis? Is that the penis? And oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Can be. You yeah, can put a sock on it. You could. Um, Rachel Edderton on the excellent um, podcast Rachel and Miles Explain the X-Men pointed out that the uh, Phoenix Five the members of them members of the Phoenix, Phoenix Five spelt out the word penis which I thought was I didn't check do they? Um, I don't know um, um, <laughs> Cyclops? Uh, Cyclops um, Well no it's Scott, Summer, Scott Summers um, Rachel Gray um, uh, Rachel name, Summers Namor Namor. Um, Ian. Who's the P? Peter. Peter Rasputin. There you go. Well, what do you mean, there you go? That wasn't... <laughs> some letters. Make I, a word. I think we managed to spell pine. Maybe. <laughs> Peter, Emma, Nigel. Um, Peter, Emma. Ian and uh, Sally. 
Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds right. Well done, you, and well done, Rachel Edidin. No, I think it does. I think you're right. Rachel Peter, Ed- uh, who's the E? Uh, ecstasy. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to do it properly. Um, Egmont. Oh, uh, but N was Emma, and then N was... Oh, Emma Frost. Yeah. She and was then, one of them. And then N was... Namor. Namor, and then I was Ileana, and S was Scott Summers. No, that's absolutely right. They do spell penis. I yeah. bet that was deliberate. Almost certainly. Although, strangely, out of those five, Scott Summers is the only one that I think you could aptly describe as a penis. Yeah. There was a... So there's a new euphemism in town, isn't there? You're a massive Phoenix Scott... Force. Yeah. Do you want to see my Phoenix Five? Phoenix Five? Were they called the Phoenix Five? That's like a 1970s... I guess. I don't know. I read it. I can't remember. All I remember is Captain America really looking like Tintin in the first issue. <laughs> and I, I, that's kind of scarred my brain. Forever. I think if anyone ever sidles up to anyone and says, do you want to see my Phoenix 5, the reaction probably should be, fuck off. Maybe. Or maybe, oh, I don't know, actually. Is it a nice-looking one? <laughs> it's taking me back to swimming days again. Oh, man. Swimming? Oh, my God. You get God. to see some great penises at the swimming pool. Have you have you done that this week? Can that be your this week? Can I've, we I've, get back I've on track? I've gone swimming this yeah. week, and I did get to see a great-looking penis. Did you? I'm not surprised he was parading about naked for as long as he was, because he had a smashing-looking willy. Okay, so you're not... I thought, well done you. If I had a willy like that, I would probably walk around naked um, with other men about more often. What was so special about it? I don't know. It was just a nice size. It looked very pleasant. It just it looked very well looked. It looked well looked after. Were you swimming with Steve again? Well, yeah, I know. Again. This is the yeah. That's. I mean, yeah. because is that the is that the reveal? Is it going to turn out your? I don't want to know. I have never seen Steve's penis. Okay, good. We're quite cagey about our penis. See, the thing is, I go. <laughs> just with each other, or in general. <laughs> Both. I um, because I go swimming on Friday on my own. I'm much less clay, cagey about my bum and penis on a Friday than I am on it because I just think, well, Steve and I are friends. But there's some things you don't need to know. I don't want to be able to picture when I close my eyes um, Steve's penis. Oh, I do. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Steve can cut that bit out and just have it on loop. I've been quite devil may care the last few times. Because the last few times I've been in a swimming pool, it's been at a hotel. And I, <laughs> you're there to show your penis. Off no, anyway. and I'm and I'm super. I'm super conscious of how neurotic I am about it. But mm. there aren't any cubicles anyway, so I'm so super neurotic about how um, how cagey I am mm. about that. And so I overcompensate. I tell myself, "Well, this is just stupid. You're never going to see any well, of these flap, people again. Who flap, cares?" You flap it about a bit, to pump and there's a bit har- of blood in there. And, and there's hardly ever anyone in there. So I'm just like, "No, I'll just get my bum out. I don't mind. I'm not like I'm not wandering around." Do you fluff yourself before you get your bum and your cock out, though? No, because right. I mean, I still have my back to people as much uh, as possible. Uh, but is that an invitation? I don't I know. Guess. <laughs> I don't what, think an invitation so. to tap you on the shoulder. To, go, Whoa, nice to, cock, Nick. To cup my buttocks. Oh, to cup. No, I think you'd probably oh. have to say, "Would you like?" to cut my buttocks for it to be uh, considered an invitation I've been told by more than one person that my bottom is quite nice but I've got a worrying feeling that that it's been a few years since that's happened and I've got a worrying feeling that possibly the I've put on a bit of weight and now around the sides the bits that I can see around the sides mm. the spare tyre you can probably see that from the back as well and it probably distracts from the shape of my bottom to bed and they did well, they, how would they know before they had me in bed to be fair I've said it this to, to Nick and I have I no have, you've told me about my balls I've have, I have slept with him 
Well, you, you have, you, have, have you compromised with his bottom since then? Did you get what you wanted in the... No, I didn't. No, I was asleep and he didn't bother giving me a tap on the shoulder when he came home. When I came. So, uh... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's what? juvenile, yeah, wasn't it? He just made me clear it up in the morning. I've also... I tell, I, <laughs> well, to be fair, you were going to wash your face, face anyway. Yeah. So. Yes, well, every other day. I, I have been doing something World Cup related today, though. I don't want... It's not specifically on, football. Um, during during the World Cup, when the players, when they're talking about the players who are going to play, they got these little graphics, and it starts with a player starting in um, portrait. They turn around and cross their arms. So me and the two guys I work with uh, today did our own videos on our um, on our oh. swivel chairs uh-huh. while we turned round and we crossed our arms. So we did our own um, World Cup. Um, squad intro videos. See, that's quite cute. But the thing I've noticed about sporting events is the more the more they produce those bits, is the amount of time it takes to actually go out. You have to get the team in the like. What do you get them against a green screen? They take time yeah, out of the training schedule to come in. Some of them, I mean, footballers train for half a day. Yeah, and I mean they're quite uh, like they're, three or four hours a day. It's they're not, quite skilled, so maybe they're quite good at moving. But some of them aren't that smart, so you're not going to just get them all on the first take. Well, that's what's so that's actually someone's job is yeah. to film yeah. the little bits. Yeah. It, it look, it, but it's done to look like it's also yeah. casual. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's a camera here. While well, my stats are down the side of me, I'll just turn and fold my arms. I love how um, some of them you can see that the real pros are used to the used to that sort of attention but some of the guys that are maybe not quite so well known very uncomfortable arm folding you'd be you'd be because they don't do it normally so like it's the fourth time they've had to do yeah. it so. you'd be amazed how many arm fold fluffs i've seen this world cup it's like so does the arm go because think about it yeah if you really have to think I, about and it, and i really have uh yeah you can do it but only because you've been doing it for years my uh the way i do it is my left arm goes beneath my uh right armpit and my right hand sits on my no my left hand sits on my right tricep okay is any of it like um it's like origami it's like personal origami i fold my arms like mick folds his arms folded yeah, we are. We are roughly. We're like arm twins. We we now all three of us look like we're about to launch into some Cossack dancing. It's quite exciting. I so none of them feel compelled to. They're not allowed to add flair like they're in uh, like like they're in Street Fighter or something like that. Nick, I don't make the rules. And to be honest, with yeah, you, but you I, watch them. Do they? I don't have any first-hand testimony from the the footballers. I imagine there's rules. I imagine they're given a brief in terms of this is what is expected. Standing portrait. Then they explain to the footballer what portrait means. <laughs> oh dear! And then they they turn round and then turn round and then fold your arms, try and look a little bit like you you're serious. Maybe put your game face on. Well, but hands on hips seems like it would be a much more straightforward process. Yeah, um, hands on hips, a little bit of a just a turn grin. around. Yeah, like checking out my stuff. Or maybe one of them. One of them. You see, because I think you'd want oh, a little casual salute. You'd want yeah. a little tiny two finger salute. That's good. Yeah. Not like a two finger like, like a V. That. Just a little that, that, after. That's quite nice. Hey, yep. I really like the idea of the hippie pout. Sort of put your hands on your hips, thrust out your chest, and. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a Facebook trout pelt. I can't. I can't remember what it was. It might have been the football a few years ago, or it might have been. It might have been the Olympics or something. But mm. I just remember thinking it was a team. I don't know if it was our team or something else, but it or was a theirs. team <laughs> uh, or someone else's. But it was a team, and they did all of that stuff, and it 
it must have been our team. There was all of that stuff on our TV here. There was all of this stuff building them up. There were all of the little trails and adverts that they'd clearly mm. like filmed and had been directed, and it all looked really swish. On film, all moody on film. Yeah, and it was all like amazing, and so much work had gone into all mm. of that pre-production stuff. And then I think they played the, the... It was before a game that they played and then lost, yeah. and I was like... Well, that's, I mean, that's a lot of fuss. That definitely sounds like our team. That's a, maybe they should film all of the games first and then they could work out who to spend the most time on with the production stuff. Yeah, that's, no, definitely, because I, th- I definitely think idea. the production stuff is more important than the thrill of the live action of the well, sport. D- yeah, but, I mean, you're taking the mick out of me a little bit, but what, watch how it's presented. It, it, I'm not I entirely do. convinced that everyone <laughs> thinks that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. This is a football-free zone. <laughs> well, it clearly is. <laughs> so that was nice. It's all right. Nick can edit all that out. Oh, yeah, but I'm not going to. It's funny. You go, No, you go... Whoa, Why do you whoa, want me whoa. to cut all of Jane's stuff out? That's awful. Well, that's what I, I think I ask you to do that every Thursday evening, privately. Hey, Nick, can you cut Jane's stuff out, lol? He never does, unfortunately. The, I like the whoop whoop. You should keep doing it. If he mentions football again, okay. definitely... Or anything that he mentions that's annoying. Are you? What else do you mention that's annoying? No, I've got. I have got backup for making James focus and not say annoying things. But hopefully, we'll never have to get to that. What's that? Uh, mentioning certain medical procedures. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that does focus me quite a lot. Um, Jane, what have you been up to this week? Um, last week I was not on the Mumcast. I, okay, what have you been doing since the last time you were on the Momcast? Uh, I helped Life Partner Steve celebrate his birthday and ate lots of the yummy food and... Where else have I... Oh, I worked. Oh, weekend. Okay. We were counting unicorns. Oh, I didn't realise that's what you did where you work with James. Yes. Unicorns you... require a lot of administration. They do. <laughs> They do. You wouldn't think there'd be that enough of them to really keep an industry going, but there is, and you have to uh, note down any changes to their horn, or their tail, or them. Oh, what about their hooves? Their hooves? Yeah, their hooves. What about their flanks? No. Basically, all all the bits that a horse has, yeah. a unicorn also has. That's correct, isn't it? Uh, with the addition of a horn, I think is that and correct, Jane? Sparkle, yeah. sparkle. Some some horses get get horn, get the horn. That just, just cut that out, Nick. Okay, good. Right. Oh no, I think the New Forest is a spectacular place to go at breeding season when horses are walking along dragging their cocks on so the you're looking at their dead eyes. <laughs> mounting each other. Yeah. Maybe that's why they've got dead eyes. Because James is looking at them. <laughs> I think they've got dead eyes because whenever they get an erection, they have to scrape the fucking thing along the ground. That'd hurt, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so how version? I think I've got dead eyes now. I actually pictured the horse thing. The dead eye peas. I can't. <laughs> I can't even think about it. Um, yeah. So that's so, uh, Steve, uh, life partner Steve's birthday. Yeah, Lots of fun had. Yeah, unicorn counting. Good. It's not as much fun as you think it would be. <laughs> well, not after the first several hundred. The novelty would presumably wear off. Yeah, it? I mean, like, oh, god, another unicorn. They're just like fucking narwhals. You must be like they're just like they're just like land narwhals. What's the point, pricks? Horny pricks. Maybe narwhals will be the next big thing. Maybe. Is there a funny, funny cartoon doing the rounds a few weeks ago with a narwhal serving a unicorn with a copyright notice, and apparently that's how unicorns came to an end. 
Yeah, I think I'd really I remember, like, I remember I'd really like the credit that, and I can't remember whose it was. The no. internet? The internet did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half a Tumblr would believe you that the credit belongs for uh, pictures to the to last the person internet, who posted yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, my week has been uh, turbulent, banky stuff, but yeah, that's boring. Banky moon. That's really boring, and some work stuff, which is really boring. I wrote a 2,000-word uh, email Wow. On, on the understanding, most of which was data. It wasn't just me ranting. Right. I didn't just, I didn't no, just I take didn't it into my head. I was like, I'm when gonna... does an email become a report? I was I'm wondering. Gonna... Yeah. It was pretty much a report. That's a lot shorter than your normal emails. <laughs> it was an unsolicited report uh, uh, on a subject that that there are going to be actions taken on, and I thought it was important that the, the, the person making the decision knew some actual data before they made the decision. Um, but, you know, it's one of those emails, you're writing it, and it feels good to actually write it because you know the information needs to be out there. You kind of know no one's going to read it, though. You know that from the point you start. Like but when I send James an email. <laughs> to be fair, 99% of the work I produce, I know that no one's ever going to look at. Yeah. But, you know, you do it anyway. Um, and I've had a lovely day. I've been off today, but I still had to run around in the heat. It's a really warm day. It's nice. Beautiful day today. But a bit but a bit weird. And I watched an Adventure Time. If I seem a bit downbeat, it's because I watched um, another uh, Ice King Marceline episode of Adventure Time today. Uh, Simon and Marcy, it was called. And, uh, and those always get me just right. For the benefit of the listener, I'm I'm thumping where I think my heart is. It isn't where my heart it's is. It's probably though. not there. No, that's clear. Yeah. Where's no? Definitely no. He's to one side. It's probably just under your boob. Which um, boob, though? Oh, stop doing that, though. Your left one. Left. Left is. I'm more, looking at it, or is you're looking no, at it? No, a bit more in the middle, but to the left. That yeah. middle to the left. Chad, I can't help feeling in many ways with your demonstration where the heart is. You fell into Nick's trap there. Oh, did I? What yeah. was my trap? She kind of honked her boob. I didn't honk my boob. I you can't did even see it. Honk your boob. From where I'm sitting, Jane is behind a monitor. I did not. I barely even saw it. I do like the uh, the fu- the uh, this collar thing. My it's, Peter Pan collar. I think I've seen it before. Is it yeah. called a Peter Pan collar? Oh, yeah. Fuck me, we're a sentence away from give us a twirl, aren't we? Fucking hell. Go What's on, he James, on about? Give us a twirl. Give us a twirl, oh, Jane. And <laughs> <laughs> I look. Like you, you're oh. right. You're still wearing that fucking lanyard, though. <laughs> it's clean and it's before. new. It's a new lanyard. Yeah, I like it. There aren't any students around. It doesn't matter. No one's going to see. Lanyard. Um, should we talk about this week's comics? Yes. We do talk about comics. That's what we're going to do uh, now. I think. Who wants to go first, Jane? I'll go first. Um. Okay. So I went on comicsology again. Cool. But. Comicsology annoyingly gives you access to things that you normally wouldn't see if you're in your local comic store. That prick. Yeah, what a bastard. <laughs> I know. We, but is that com- Mr. Comicsology's app still real pain in the ass that you can't buy anything from it. Anyway, um, yes, I couldn't get to the comic store because all the unicorns wouldn't leave me alone because of all the counting. They take a lot of feed in as well, don't they, to be fair? Yeah. That would be someone else's job. Well, they were they were all questioning my counting, so I was like, no, no, I can count. My counting is perfectly fine. No, she didn't. She said, I'll stick your freaking horns up your bums if you question and my counting again. And said, don't you know who little, I am? You little shits. Fucking land narwhals. Yeah. yeah. Look at you, your, your bloody jelly baby spunk. And, and they're bloody... lucky I pay any attention to them at all, because nobody else cares about them anymore. No. Jelly, jelly baby spunk? Yeah. Did, is it... 
Is it made of the same stuff that Jelly Babies are made no, of? No, it just looks like a Jelly Baby. So it, it comes... Because, I mean, I mean, okay, Jane, you might not have that much context for this, but everybody's got sphincters on their body somewhere. If, if they were actually... Def- if it was like the sperm was in the form of Jelly Babies, that would just be so painful no, no not you, all together individually and they're urethra well, still really they no, wouldn't it'd be the same size like just fucking jelly baby oh so they're not they're made of jelly the the spunk is jelly baby material oh is it and then and then because the urethra is shaped like a jelly baby it's pushed into the shape of jelly baby the way eggs are eggs so are essentially are formless but they come out like teardrops because they come out of an ass. Yeah, certainly every time I've blown a unicorn and I've uh, taken a load in the mouth, that's what I've told myself. There's just jelly babies mm. filling your mouth and then spilling out the side and out your nose and everything, like a weird R-crumb yeah. mixed with uh, Adventure Time or um, or Powerpuff Girls sort of cartoon. And, and it still totally counts as a unicorn if you just put like a horn on a random white horse in a new forest, right? I've got to say, James, you do know it's not a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Or a horse. Yeah, oh God. It's you, isn't it? It's a rhino. <laughs> I knew that was you talking from the other side of the <laughs> yeah, cubicle. Yeah, shut up. Don't look at me. <laughs> the other side of the cubicle wall. Just suck it. Kicking you. Jane. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm really sorry, listener. Uh, so, Comixology, yeah, you, for so, whatever reasons, you bought it on the Comixology. Yes, damn. I, I, damn, damn. Damn them for unicorns. giving yeah. smaller press creators an outlet for this outlet for the comics it's the good thing about comicsology um so i actually picked up a small press graphic novel because it's 98 pages long so i think we'll call it yeah that'll do yeah it's called house party it's by rachel smith who is um part of the british indie comics scene Uh um it's about three 20 something year olds who are a few years out of university you obviously have quite a starry-eyed view of the world, as you mm. do when you're that age of, I'm tr- I'm learning to be a writer, so I'm going to be a writer, mm. and, and you know all the things that you go through in uni and how involved and active you are, and then you become an adult. Mm. <laughs> as in, you're part of the adult world, and you have to go and make a living, and it is, you know, you can't, romance and dreams isn't really going to be feeding you or putting Gets you nowhere. Head. Having a soul, there's no point to it. <laughs> Um, so it's about these uh, three friends that were together at uni. Two of them are a couple, and um, they're still living in the university town. They're still living together in their shared house, and they have to go through. They have they you know they're close to the campus, so they have to see it on a daily basis. And each individual one is is sort of reminiscing of what they wanted to be when they're at university, and then what's actually happened to them. Um, it's it's an, it's a, a slice of life story, I guess, but it's more sort of a coming of age thing for people in their sort of early mid twenties, which I certainly could identify with from when I was younger. I didn't I didn't attend university, but I did go to college and did other things, and it is quite interesting to know how enthusiastic. It's interesting. I love the way she's transferred how enthusiastic you feel about whatever your chosen subject is going to be or whatever your interest is, and you do lots of you know extra curricular Stuff. sort of things and. You're really involved. Like one of the characters, he's into comedy and he did stand up when he was at university, but that hasn't really happened. Just works in a bar now. Mm. And it's just all those dreams. And it is, you know, they go on a journey and they have some, they want to relive their experiences. They try to, they try to throw big house parties and go back to those days. And the reality is it just, 
that's not it anymore. That's gone. That section of their life has gone. They've lived it and it's time to move on and, and to do what they want to do next. Um, really good story. I really, really liked the dialogue in this. Mm-hmm. It felt uh, sort of... It was just funny. It was ironic as how people speak. It really felt like... I didn't feel like I was reading something by somebody who wrote how she thinks people write uh, yeah. would speak <laughs> if you're writing about them. It actually felt really natural. The dialogue felt really natural. And the actual scenarios they got into felt really natural, and it was a very identifiable story. The art was really nice, really reminded me of Luke Pearson a little bit, just sure. just the, the sort of body shapes and things, and, and the colour worked perfectly well. You know, it wasn't... The colour was... I don't want to say functional, mm-hmm. but... But um, but it, for quite flat cut, like yeah, it certainly quite, yeah, yeah okay. certainly I quite like that sort of yeah. Thing, yeah. It was nice to look at, and um, I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Ninety eight. Oh, it's one pound sixty nine. I think it was. Holy shit, that's good value. It was really good value for for ninety eight pages, and um. And it's got sixty nine in the number, which is always good. Lovely. <laughs> so, Jane, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What are the other things? What other things? You, you went to college and did other things. Well, I want I want to know what these other things were. Um, she was young, I think. I think that's what. Well, you, I went you had to ambitions. college. Yeah, yeah, I went to. Uh, I actually, well, you know, I did the atypical A level thing, and then I went back to college to do not a conventional college course, but to do chartered institution studies. Oh right, so we're not going to talk about the two years you did as a mercenary in no. Nicaragua then. Well, I don't we think she's allowed to, to talk about. Oh, sorry, you can edit that out. That's all right. Then no, I'll, I'll leave it in, and then you. Jane will have to kill every single person who hears it. Jane is actually uh, we call her Lady MacGyver. <laughs> Lady MacGyver, children at your feet. Doesn't matter. You see, literally, that you can't do a song parody of thing if literally by the second line you're just going to revert to the original well, no, version. I, I was, I was going to do a, ammo at your feet. Yeah, I was going to do a qu- clever quip about you know ma- making science neat. Lady MacGyver, children at your feet that you killed when storming the village. No, but it's more about he he gets out of scrapes, doesn't he, by doing clever science. Do you know what, listener, and uh, Jane and James, um, I sometimes blag it with MacGyver, and I understand the cultural references, but I have never seen an episode (gasps) of MacGyver. We watched two episodes for the first time yesterday. The theme tune's brilliant. I don't think I've ever even heard the theme tune. I went a bit crazy a couple of weeks ago. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a medical professional. When I say crazy, I mean like no. But you're safe making co- that colloquially. diagnosis. Colloquially, um, the, the I, I went a bit crazy listening to theme tunes from shows that we talked about on on the other podcast the other week. Centurions and uh, old eighties cartoons. Mask, etc. Centurions, mask, etc. Yes, that's the thing I did in the last week. Actually, <laughs> thinking about it. We've done that bit. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Did I, I cut you off there, Jane. Did you have any any more you wanted to say about that book? Uh, no, it's really good. You should go buy it. Has she done anything That's else? Good advice. Are you gonna, are you gonna look for other stuff by the same lady? Probably yes. There was mention of other things that she'd done. She probably does loads of stuff. I, mean, I bet she has like really packed days. Just things. Yeah, just does stuff. Comics and maybe things. Like work. Maybe sort of watch telly, read books, go out with friends, enjoy herself. Yeah. Eat, just lives her wake life. Wake up. Breathe. She doesn't just exist. To, yeah, doesn't she? Doesn't just exist to serve your nefarious comic book needs, Nick. <laughs> oh, this has all gone a bit intense. Yeah. He's being a bit like female aggressive. comic book creators are people, man. Jesus, can't believe it's come to this. Um, 
Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Jane? No. Okay. James? What? No. You've got nothing to add. Have you finished having a go at me? We'll see, shall we? (laughs) If you do do the joke, you might placate me. Uh, I skip for a wee. Okay. Sorry. So, uh, I bought... I've had to drastically reduce my comic buying I cancelled everything on my standing order except 2000 AD wow Uh, I'm not stopping buying comics but I can no longer afford to sustain a I can no longer afford to sustain a um, buying regular titles that I'm not talking about on the podcast thing anymore I thought age had finally caught up with you and you were being quite confessional about your erectile dysfunction no I do have erectile dysfunction it's nothing to do with age though Really? No, I've always had problems. Really? Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of erratic. It's not it's not So the, this doesn't get a beep 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 from you. It's not our football, is it? There's not any one particular thing that's wrong. It's just I I can't rely on it to do what I want it to do when I want it to do it. How can you prefer listening to two middle aged men talking about erectile dysfunction? Because I'm used to, to football. It. You've blooming groomed me to be okay with you talking about it. Okay. That's on the record. Jane just said that James groomed her. This is the next big uh, big scandal after Rolf Harris finally going Aww. down. Apple tree. Um, 2000 AD, <laughs> it, wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be a momcast if we didn't mention new tree at some point. I didn't. I said apple tree. Yeah, uh, it's new. different. It's the hipster thing, isn't it? Because it um, it'd be called um, I-nonce. I it's not not <laughs> not you tree. Why would we want to talk about you? It's all about yeah, me. Me tree. I tree. Mm. And it's a little I big yeah, T. I'm quite pleased. I, I might. Well done. Yeah. I, that's I nonce listener. <laughs> 2000 AD Prog 1888. Uh, the come on, do it. I'm gonna now. You've derailed me. All uh, all of the work done on this. Uh, on this comic <laughs> and all of the energy that went into it came from the year 1888 year. each issue of 2000 AD burns up one whole year in our mm-hmm. history so it's a bit like the premise of Flesh the, mm. the comic strip from within the page of 2000 AD but with all energy and time so if you had any old relatives in 1888 gone now sorry it's like two, two, 2000 AD is like the, the terrifying meteor hurtling towards our presence that will bring Armageddon. Yes. What's, uh, what nobody's quite worked out yet is what happens to 2000 AD when the year 2000 AD gets burnt up because they've had Prog 2000. I don't know. We're, oh, God. It's so terrifying, isn't it? I mean, we've got a good couple of years yet, but it's just so... That was such a meta. That for me, that was a very personal joke to me. It was very meta because, of course, uh, for British comic fans um, of the years before two thousand, uh, the big question was always, "What's going to happen to two thousand AD once the year two thousand comes around? Are they going to change the name of it?" But I don't think it really landed in this room, listener. Sorry. Um, so anyway, Prog eighteen eighty eight. <laughs> I hate myself so much at the moment that I'm probably going to leave that in. Oh, God. Uh, the There's a few really good things in this. It is not the... There's a three-riller that I wasn't super 
um, fussed about. Even though it does involve a human, it, it starts out involving a human being hunted through um, a jungle by other humans, and it's drawn by P.J. Holden. So the art's amazing. I'm just not 100% on the story yet. But a great Judge Dredd story just started. Um, the Heart is a Lonely Clegg Hunter. It's starring the Clegg from the, the... I can't remember what he's called. The He's called something very specific, like Friendly Clegg or something like that. And he's sensitive, Clegg. Um, he's from the tri- he's from the Trinity story that James might actually have. Oh, the one that was on the he was the one that was on the moon. Yeah. Oh, I love. And he's he's been given. Um, oh, of course, because Dirty Frank sort of basically talked him round, didn't he? Yeah. So I he's remember. been given. Um, he's been uh, given special dispensation to be on, to be in Mega City. I should hope so. But of course, he doesn't fit in at all, and everyone's terrified of him, mm. and he can't really. Um, function within this society. It's written by Rob Williams. It's got amazing, amazing art by Chris Weston. It looks so gorgeous. Um, it's one of the most depressing stories I've ever read, though. I just oh, feel so sorry good. for him. He's so nice, and he's so nice and lovely. And um, I think the gist of this story is going to be that there are. Um, people who hunt other people through mega city for sport which is one of my one of my favorite tropes in fiction is uh people hunting people for sport but um i don't like seeing clegg being chased and it's it's a 2000 it's a judge dread story so i don't necessarily know if he's going to come out of it okay because it's very dark isn't it dread it, it is dark it's noir yeah, Noir. Uh, Brass Sun by Ian Edgington and Ian J. Colbard is back. This is a beautiful story, and the art still looks completely odd in 2000 AD. It, it's, um, it's very bold, and the colours are very bold, and bits of it are Miyazaki-esque, and bits of it are just really weirdly European-looking. And it's it, it really stands out as completely different from everything wow. else. Yeah, that is, there's nothing like that in there. The thing that I find really strange about Brass Sun, and I can't remember if it used to do this, I may even have mentioned this before, um, and it might be because it's being published as an American-sized comic as well, but the it doesn't have the uh, the credits. Oh, right. In 2018, normally they're in a little yeah. badge, mm. um, a sort of a little 2018-style badge, but in this they're not. They're in this really stylish little, they're just against a... Uh, well, a planet in this case in the background. I really like Brass Sun, though. It's a really good little story. I'm not entirely sure it's best served by the five-page episodes, though. And Grey Area is the final part of a story, but like um, Indigo Prime, last issue, it's the final part of a story where something really crazy and epic happens and it finishes on a... Uh, cliffhanger. The, this book yeah. finishes on a cliffhanger, which is a little bit frustrating. I think Slain did as well. I understand that they have to do it, but it's like that's three stories in a row that have done that now. It's really frustrating. <laughs> um, American comics. Now, this is annoying because I get the feeling. Basically, there's an image comic by Robert Kirkman and Paul Azaceta called Outcast. And it's $2.99, but feeling the heft of it again, I've got a sneaking suspicion the next issue will not be as good value for money. I think this was, I think they put this large issue out um, cheap to hook you in. 
because ah. it's chunky as hell. It's is it nice. good though, Nick? Um, it really is. It's this really odd, odd story in comic terms. It's in that it's one of those books that's not like anything else I'm reading at the moment. It's the story of um, it's hard to work out who our main main protagonist is at that at this point. We've got this uh, deadbeat guy who's. Uh, sister i think is trying to get him to re-enter to re-enter the world you're right there yeah just you know the drinking again (laughs) is trying to get him to re-enter the world he's uh called kyle and i think he's living in living in the parent or home but his mum isn't around anymore something happened to her and we're not entirely sure what uh it's it's hinted early on that there's there was abuse um of the children of him by his mum but it it becomes apparent later on that something else is going on it's the comic opens on this very suburban scene of this other family um mother daughter and son yeah. and something and the the son is doing something re- the mother finds the son doing something really awful and horrific oh, like God. mutilating himself and at the time, it's unclear because it's all played very straight and it's all very observational and everyone seems quite normal in it, well, except for the self-mutilation. Um, it, you're not entirely sure at that point if you're dealing with mental health, like some sort of yeah. psychosis or something. Um, but then you meet a priest and it turns out that what we've got is this very uh, subtle... Um, heavy on characterization story which at its core is about an exorcism or an exorcist and oh his unwitting uh, the the priest is an exorcist and Kyle has been dragged into this and it, it heavily hints that his mum his mum was possessed at one point and it's possibly the same thing that's oh, possessed his child but it's told in a very uh realistic style I hesitate to say realistic but Paul uh, uh, Kirkman's writing is really naturalistic in it, it yeah. uh, everyone it, uh, everyone it feels seems like very grounded it feels like a scenario that could actually happen yeah yeah, yeah. I mean the stuff with a, a big part of this issue is about uh, Kyle's sister well he says she's not really his sister so I don't know if it's like foster family or something like that um, it maybe is made clear in the comic, but I I have forgotten because <laughs> I read it quite late last night. Um, there's an ex-wife. Carl has an ex-wife and a child that he isn't um, allowed to see anymore. And there's a suggestion that 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 he has been quite troubled in the past and might have hurt the child. Mm. Uh, but a big part of this comic is given over to um, is given over to the the sister character taking him out shopping forcing him to go out shopping because he doesn't have anything in the house and and just her haranguing him like staging this uh this rolling intervention with him that seems to have been going on for years you know it's yeah. it's heavily hinted that he just wants her to leave him alone but this has been going on for a really long time and there's lots of stuff like that there's um the possession is framed in very you get uh, Paul Azaceta's art it, again is very realistic it's very bold and uh, it, it comes from what I always think of as the David Mazzuccelli school of uh, comic art everything's quite rounded and quite grounded and quite real 
and and I I want to say not not that dynamic but that sounds really negative but I don't mean that it's like the camera angles the not the camera angles but the angles that you have and the compositions are very strong but very uh, again very grounded they put you in a room it's not like all about like crazy angles like highlighting craziness sort of thing and Paul as a satyr as a satyr at times pulls out um, pulls out details that are really it kind of begins with people looking at their phone and stuff like that and the phone being picked out in detail but like the demonic possession it it happens the, the child being possessed it happens in a way that when that that like you a, a dramatic beat in it is him writhing him writhing and flexing and his uh, and his foot like connecting with his mum's yeah. nose and like the bandage on her nose and little details like that it's not all revolving heads and craziness like that it's it all feels really tense and grounded yeah. really like it i really really liked it um let me just see if paul as i say to does the colors as well now elizabeth Bre- brightweiser brightweiser does the colors and again that it really fits well with the um with the sort of muted tone of the thing really nice uh, grounded color palette I really like it. Um but I mean obviously as I've said with uh with my budgeting issues um it, it's almost not not so good when a comic comes along that I'm definitely going to be wanting to read the yeah. next issue. In sharp contrast to Outcast which is a huge like huge thick comic with a uh, very dense atmospheric writing and art at $2.99. We've got Rocket Raccoon from Marvel, which is quite slight. Do you know what? That actually piqued my interest. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's quite slight. People have been waiting for it, I think. It's been quite... There's been quite a lot of hype around it. Um, if I was picking up monthly, I'd have definitely picked it up. And, uh, and that's a... Th- and uh, the... Well, I'll get to the content in a minute, but it's quite a light read as well. Uh, and that's $3.99, so they clearly worked out well as a film coming out. We can charge what we want for this. But I got a really nice Scotty Young cover. Awesome. I think that's a Scotty Young cover. It's really good. You don't really get a kid version of a kid version of Rocket Raccoon, though, the way you do on most of the other um, most of the other Marvel variants, Scotty Young variants. This is written and drawn by Scotty Young. Um, is anyone working on colours? No, he's pretty much doing everything, and it does kind of have a, a, a. At times, it does kind of have a sort of a painterly effect to the art. It follows Rocket Raccoon and a little bit of Groot. I know there was a little bit of controversy about the fact that it was going to be called Rocket Raccoon, that Groot is in it quite a lot, and his name isn't anywhere on the on the cover. But he isn't actually in it that much. We see him. Uh, we see him uh, having a wrestling match with this crazy scary alien thing um the story seems to be about at this point about rocket raccoon having had lots of he's a bit of a womanizer he's seen kind of on a date with a girl that he's being very flamboyant and cheeky with but that you get a sense that she's one of she's just the latest he's a bit of a womanizer um, he takes her to the wrestling match with Groot. At the very beginning, though, there's a prologue where we see him rescuing from three years earlier, rescuing a, a princess 
a space princess, all like set against this backdrop of very spacey space operary space stuff. Um, it's and that I think is where a lot of the drama is going to come out of. He's got people after him. He's not entirely sure why they're after him. He does get in touch with Star Lord of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I should probably have mentioned who Rocket Raccoon is, but you know he's in one <coughs> of the biggest trailers of biggest trailers of the last six months and. Uh, <laughs> Um, he's a he's a space raccoon. He's a foul-mouthed space raccoon. Um, one of the strongest sections in it, though, is he's he's in communication with Star Lord, um, trying to find out why trying to find out why people would be after him. Uh, Star Lord checks in and sees that he's on record as having murdered someone. And Rocket Raccoon said, well, who? I haven't murdered anyone. And Stola says, uh, are, are you murdering someone right now? And, of course, Rocket <laughs> Raccoon is murdering one of the people who's after him right at that point. But he's he makes this uh, fluffed over for the purposes of a narrative um, distinction between a murder that people might be chasing after him for and all of the other murders that he does all the time <laughs> that he does on purpose. It's kind of... So we're not sure if he's been framed or if he's done something specific. Uh, Scott Young's style is very fluid. It's very cartoony. It plays out kind of uh, in his very cartoony style. It looks beautiful. It's really well written. It's basically the book it's closest to at the moment is probably a Deadpool book, though, in terms of how seriously it takes itself. It's It's just dumb at this point oh I didn't finish saying that the, the reason I like the Star-Lord sequences is he's on the phone to, Star, uh, to Star-Lord and you see um, because Rocket Raccoon and Groot are in the team the Guardians of the Galaxy of which Star-Lord is the leader and while Star-Lord's talking to him he and the Guardians are all, the other Guardians of the Galaxy are also apparently having their own adventure action sequence problem he makes reference to it at some point but you see all of the rest of them in scotty young style um in the background fighting their own threat but it's entirely off like off panel it's just it's it's just behind it happening behind him while he's on the phone which i really like i think that's really effective um the nearest thing as i said the nearest thing to it in marvel comics at the moment is probably deadpool it's that sort of level of silliness mixed with uh hyperviolence um actually though it's basically lobo it's basically early 90s uh i can't remember who the brit i can't remember which british creator it was who was writing lobo with simon bisley doing art or maybe it was maybe it wasn't british maybe it was keith giffen writing it i can't remember who was writing it but simon bisley drawn lobo which was all just all about this murderous uh space bearing lunatic in these crazy v- high stakes in terms of the fact that they're against a, a cosmic backdrop mm. and you can easily see planets I mean it doesn't happen in this but you can easily see like loads of soldiers or planets or whatever being destroyed in the background but really low stakes in terms of how much impact it's actually going to have on the Marvel Universe as a whole or anything like that. You know, it's kind of just silly in that same sort of way. The other thing that's also like Lobo, though, is it's Rocket Raccoon. He's the cute little sort of sweary raccoon from the big Marvel summer blockbuster. He's not exactly a kid-friendly character, 
but this is done in a very cartoony style and seems to be whether Marvel do it deliberately or not marketed towards a younger audience just by dint of how it looks it's not a kid friendly book though the the swearing at least is is and I sometimes find this quite annoying but it's so overdone in this that it actually becomes quite funny the swearing is all asterisks and mm. hashtags and all of you know the that sort of yeah. swearing normally i find it really in a grown up book i find it quite annoying just just say fuck who cares sort of thing but in this it kind of makes sense sense and there's so much of it but it's clearly not it's clearly aimed at 20 well 18 to 40 year old men I guess because he's basically being chased womanized he's basically being chased by kids basically your standard comic audience there's no real effort to diversify on it at all which isn't a big deal it just it looks so much like a kid friendly book but it, that sounds appealing to kids what I found appealing about Asterix when I was a kid was there was lots of swearing and there there is lots of you know the funny symbols mm. and you've got a big fat man who's incredibly violent all he wants to do is fight all the time maybe but there's so much murder but and I mean actual it. reference to murder and someone gets their arm ripped off oh, that's and something. then they're hit over the head with it but because it's done in a cartoony style it's you funny. kind of yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not Blam, being. Blam! I murdered you is a good catchphrase. Yeah, I'm not. <clears> I, I'm not generally. I'm not generally prudish about this sort of thing. But it just it just struck me as interesting. I'm not sure who it's for, mm. and I don't think it's for the sort of people you'd normally. What it seems to be doing is taking a potentially cute and transgressive character and giving it to a male like the normal male audience of comics yeah, rather than yeah. rather than opening up a cute like I mean he's so he looks so that's the joke isn't it he yeah. looks so cute but, but he's, he's so rude yeah. yeah I don't know how else you'd do a Rocket Raccoon book though to be honest no. I don't know and at least they're clearly doing this because the film is about to come out yeah. and at least they made it a piece of art in its own right it's really it looks really nice and it does work I'm just not sure who it's for um, anyway so that was me like it I Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Uh, anything happening in comics this week? No. Nothing? Nothing no. awkward at all? No. One of the uh, one of the top comic podcasters, certainly in Britain, well, certainly in England, well, definitely in Southampton, nearly died within the last hour or so of a coughing fit. That's yeah, something that, that happened. That was scandalous. Yeah. Stop the clocks. That would yeah. be basically, James, yeah. if you had expired during that co- coughing fit, yeah. the comic podcasting uh, uh, comic podcasting, definitely in the UK tomorrow would have a minute silence. Good, just a minute. Well, actually, uh, I would probably be too traumatised to, to edit this episode sure. and, and put it out so it would be nearer to an hour and a half of silence. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure if anyone had noticed. No, they probably would. Oh, feel David Wynn would definitely notice. <clears throat> Possibly, it was. I still feel a bit throaty. I've had, uh, would I've you like f- a mint? <laughs> Do I need one? No, you always ask me that when I offer a mint. A mint is more than just refreshing your breath. Yeah, it's not just about you having stench breath. Do I have stench breath? <laughs> I don't know. I'm way across the table from you. I definitely smell a garlic today. It's seeping out of my pores. Uh, did anyone put anything in James's mouth? Nope. 
So nothing. Literally nothing, nothing happened in comics this week. We did, but nothing. Everyone's on holiday. Nothing I want to talk about. Uh, David Finch, is it? Said something stupid about Wonder Woman. Do you know, I, 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 yeah, I can't. Is it, it David Finch? Yeah, if he doesn't think she's a feminist, it's fine. Whatever. I don't it's think. Just... I, I don't think necessarily that was. I think that was one of those situations where the person being interviewed was probably not someone who should have been interviewed because uh, David David Finch basically said he's taking over on Wonder Woman I think and he said yeah. that something along the lines of he wants her to be strong not necessarily yeah. feminist or something along those lines alright um, do you think he said not necessarily feminine and it was just a typo no I think he definitely said feminist but I suspect what he was doing I mean I don't know I don't know what was in his head but I suspect this is more one of those places where the term feminism, mm. uh, not everyone agrees on what it means and it's yeah. loaded in not entirely positive ways mm. in some places. You know, yeah. there are lots of women who clearly have feminist ideals but don't see themselves as feminists because they're not strident or angry sure. about it all the time and I, it might have been that or maybe he was trying to um, maybe he maybe he's got every intention of making her a very strong pro-female character but also wants uh, meathead men to buy it and so he's assuming they're the ones who are going to read this and he doesn't want to put them off I don't know or maybe he's just an idiot he's probably just an idiot I, yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Mm. A man saying she's not a feminist, like being a feminist is a bad thing, is a really problematic thing to hear a man say. Certainly, yeah. But it's not entirely. Uh, it, it's not entirely that unusual, and it might not mean what everyone thinks it means. No, You'd still... have to work out what he means by feminist, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd have to ask him, what exactly do you mean by feminist? Yeah, Nobody that, ever asked those follow-up questions. Yeah, that's the, well, yeah, they, maybe they don't think to. But, they, they, yeah, whatever. Do you mean she's not angry about it all the time? Is that what you mean? I've definitely seen feminists smile. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. Not everyone has. <laughs> Just £10 can help a young misogynist boy see a feminist smile for the first time. <laughs> I thought you were going to say can help a feminist smile. Ten pounds? No, I need more than ten pounds. Maybe Mr. what? Maybe Sons. what he meant is maybe he's only really met. Maybe he's only really met like uh, young male, uh, young male hipster feminists, and he assumes that all feminists are young male hipsters, uh, desperately supporting women. Oh, in uh, which case, I definitely can I, not yeah. in the hopes of trying to get in their pants. No, in which case, I can understand why he's so against it. Maybe that is his understanding of that word. Wonder Woman is not going to be in his comic. Yeah. Never mind what Brian Azzarello, yeah. how Brian Azzarello yeah. leaves her. Maybe he's just spoiled the end of whoever's doing it at the moment's run. Is Brian Azzarello still doing it? Don't put me on the spot like this. Yes. Yes. Uh, maybe he's spoiled where Brian Azzarello is going to leave her. Maybe Brian mm-hmm. Azzarello leaves her as a really white knight, young, big bushy male beard, feminist. short back and sides. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to. We're, we're going to reboot. Wonder Woman, we're going to have our own little DC fifty two moment. We're going to put moment. her in jeans. Yeah, that worked well, didn't it? Did oh yeah, no, that didn't really work, did it? Um, but nothing else. Did nothing else happen? Have you not been on Bleeding Call at all, James? Um, um Brendan left. Brendan Blethin. 
Bradley Graham, isn't it? He writes for um, Breeding, Bleeding Call. He's gone. I don't think I think Brandon Graham does. Brandon, Brandon, for, Brandon, one of them. I can't remember the dude's name. But Brendan Gleeson. I don't fucking know. From In Bruges. <laughs> Is that <coughs> Brendan Gleeson? Brendan yeah, Barber. That's Brendan Gleeson. Mm. He's an Irishman. 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 That's my Irish accent. Jane is like the the podcaster of a thousand voices, James. She's going to take your I'm crown. Not, I'm terrible. I just make a noise. That's all. And that's all words are, though. Just noise. Yeah. Just white noise. Anything? Anything else, James? Nothing. We always rely on you to pull this out the arse. Nothing at all. Pat. Let no. him talk about Spearman. Should we let him do his standing his standing order? His spotlight. <laughs> I don't. I I can't have a standing order no more. Me uh, neither. Me neither, buddy. Because of money. I um, feel you. Yeah, not as often as I'd like. Um, I I, I think as I said last week, that's I'd like that I start a lot of my reviews. It's, your, uh, it's the white right. noise to accompany your yeah. words. My brain desperately trying to engage. <laughs> you go with Boris Johnson. Yeah. Well, I don't know which. Yeah, five. Five. Okay, yeah. right. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Teddy, bear. Okay, so um, as I said last week, I've I've been um, going off the beaten track a little bit where I can with my library books. So I thought this time, no, I'm going to pick up some more mainstream, inadvertent commas books. Um, so I decided that uh, I would read Craven's First Hunt. It's an amazing, amazing Spider-Man collection, written kind of collectively. It's uh, I think early on in slots. Dan Slot. Dan Slot's um, run, maybe, but he isn't actually writing. He's part of the um, part of the creative team of Mark Guggenheim, Bob Gale um, as writers, and then Paolo Sinchera, um on pencils with uh, various Paolo Sinchera and uh, Hamilton Santos um, on inks and, and and so on and so, so forth. So not not any of the teams that I think Dan Slot's run on Spider-Man would really come to be known no by. and certainly he's not he's not entirely familiar to the the look isn't completely familiar to the one that I was used to while I was buying um, Spider-Man I think this comes shortly after Brand New Day it's 2008 I think this came mm-hmm. came out um, and it's a Peter Parker that I didn't recognise that well he is unemployed uh, in this particular story arc having lost a job in the uh, comic book shop in which he's working he was working in a comic book shop. He was working in a comic book shop, um, and he is uh, living with a flatmate called Vin, who is, of course, a policeman. Um, he's uh, <clears throat> oh god, I'm trying to remember Vinny's um, surname. Hold on, it's on the on the back. Is it short for Vinny? Yeah, Vinny. I said Vinny. Oh, sorry, I thought you said. Is Vin. it your cousin Vinny? <laughs> oh, sorry, I just did a sniff there. Sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, he's he's um, with his. Um, uh, roommate Vinny and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of tension between the two of them at the beginning of the story um, in which um, uh, Spider-Man's trying to take down Overdrive Vinny's getting involved on the street as a cop um, trying to arrest Spider-Man because he's he's a bad guy he's uh, he's obviously very much bad news for NYPD's finest at that point one of the things I've always found difficult as a casual reader of Spider-Man is the way he flips in and out of the favour of the police yeah. on the ground. J.J. Jameson has always hated him. There's always people in positions of authority that hate Spider-Man. He's a kind of anti-authoritarian. He's a sort of, you know, um, a shadowy character in some ways 
but very gregarious. He's a man of the people, isn't he? But you could yeah. see him going in and out of fashion with authority in that way, couldn't you? Yeah, you could, I guess, if you were to look at it that way. But it is, I guess, what you mean is, like, the police are continuous. Yeah. So one storyline, he might have been like framed for murder or framed mm. for a robbery or something and then yeah. for years but for years and years he'll just have been like stopping crimes yeah. and mm. doing major league things yeah so you'd think that the police might their orders might change yeah. as to how to deal with him mm. but generally you'd think they'd have a fairly consistent opinion of him as sure. no i don't think that happens no. can i get that three minutes back sorry go on okay <laughs> So, oh, shit, yeah, you're so, so essentially the story is about um, slight spoilers but I think this is it's the first appearance of Craven's daughter um, oh. tries to take him down in a case of mistaken identity um, she basically forces Vinny to wear the Spider-Man uh, costume and with the help of Daredevil uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker has to rescue his friend Vinny um, from um, a young Craven Um she is called Bella La La La. I'm sorry, I should write Bella this stuff Lugosi. down. I, she's not called Bella Lugosi. I feel awful listening. I'm really letting Bella you down. Italia, she's Bella called Pasta. Anna, Anna Krevinoff. Anaconda. Oh. oh, no, you really did it. Now I've, that's really thrown me off because I, I picked up the speed to be able to, to get to the end. Don't address time. it, James. Okay, I'm going to ignore it. Um, I, I guess this is kind of a per, it's a personal story between Peter and his friend Vinny. I think although it's it sits reasonably well um, uh, as a standalone story, and I kind of did pick it up um, very much with that in mind. Is how do these sort of very long um, story arcs, storylines fit into into trade um, as a single read? It kind of works, but there feels like there's so much you're missing out on because you're not in. Um, you're not part of the regular continuity. Mm-hmm. There's various characters that are out to get Spider-Man at this point. That I'm not really sure what was going on at that particular time. I'm not sure of the wider dynamic of him and Vinny. It's very confusing. There are lots of other references to char- peripheral characters you don't necessarily get to see that are part of the soap opera yeah. rather than part of the story um, as it is. story itself is is uh, an amusing sort of um, tale of mistaken identity and also shows Peter Parker trying to work out guilty feelings um, that he has because, A, his friend has sort of got into trouble because of his uh, super identity and also he's kind of conflicted because Vin isn't a big fan of of Spider-Man. So there's some weird, conflicted sort of emotions going on. But as ever, there's some wisecracking dialogue with sort of the slot-influenced Spider-Man, some great wisecracking dialogue. The art is fresh and vibrant, moves very quickly. And the ca- the character himself is immensely likeable. He, he, the, it reads very similarly to the slot the slot work that we excuse me that we were reading a while ago. Um, it was enjoyable. I'm not entirely convinced that these sort of books work that well as standalone trades. I think yeah. you have to be collecting the trades in sequence to get the most out of them. But as far as this one's concerned, it it works okay. Cool. Okay. Thank you. They they don't. Thinking of that and thinking of Craven's last hunt. Yes, which I, I, this obviously is meant to echo. Yeah, it's weird because that was very much in continuity. It was in the normal Spider-Man mm. comics. It actually ran across three Spider-Man comics. And it it managed to make some use of the continuity. He's mm. with Mary Jane at that point, so she's looking for him. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think the soap opera was any less at that point. Sure. He was obviously still in some situation with Aunt May or whatever was going on there and where he was working would have been in flux the way it always is and J. Jonah Jameson would have still hated him. But in that story, they didn't end up making reference to it every two or three pages. No, Do you know and, what I mean? And I, and I would say that this is a weaker story and very much reads... Um, as an introduction to a character who will appear later on. Right. Again, it, it's 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 world building, if you like, for the for the larger soap opera, which is and yeah, absolutely. It's not the it's not the strongest standalone story I've ever read. It holds up because it's well written um, and it's well drawn, but it certainly doesn't have the the strength of a Craven's Last Hunt as a standalone piece of sort of Spider Man lore. Hmm. I don't think that's to the that's not necessarily just to the detriment of the people who worked on that. I just think the art of that mm. sort of thing, yeah, or that short arc or story or whatever, is maybe lost a little bit. Doesn't happen very yeah, often. Yeah, but you anymore. say that, but isn't Craven's Last Hunt stands out because it was a standout story yeah, yeah. in amongst months and months and months of storytelling. Yeah, and it was quite unusual to do that sort of thing yeah. back then as well. Yeah, no, you sort of, you know, you know, we talk about great. Great storylines, but it's quite interesting talking about the other podcast, which I seem obsessed with. Thank you, Dave Wynn. Is um, it's amazing to me how on the Rachel and Miles explaining the X Men, how they can condense years of storytelling into quite short conversations. Really, mm. so I think it's easy to forget when you've got that perspective that actually it isn't the norm to have these these great, wonderful standout stories. They come along once in a while, and that's why they stand out. Yeah. Although it is super worth mentioning that part of the reason the X-Men in particular especially the Claremont stuff mm. works so well for that sort of discussion is Claremont pretty much invented that sort of storytelling yeah the ongoing in comics the ongoing yeah. where literally stuff might not a lot of stuff might happen mm. in one particular issue sure. but you'd get two pages of subplots yeah. that last for years and for years sure. and years you'd get bits of that but I think mm. Claremont kind of was the model for that mm. um, like writing yeah. dialogue too didn't he yeah, really likes writing dialogue. Yeah. Maybe he just doesn't like uh, doesn't like art. Yeah, I'm going to crowd this fucker up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you, James. Thank you, James. It's, it's interesting. It's not the sort of book you normally get. It so. isn't. Um, I hope I remain positive. I didn't hate it. No, no it's good. Was positive. Yeah, it was a good critical review. So that's that's the comic content for this episode. Uh, what are you two going to be doing in the coming week? Ooh. I'm on Holly Pops and it's my daughter's birthday. I will be surrendering myself to that. Ooh, on Saturday. I it's think, I think the Saturday. thing I'm going to be doing yeah. is on Saturday cool. as well. Are you going to come to the thing? I'm, Yeah, I'm coming. Cool, good. Uh, I think our wives uh, arranged all of this stuff. Good. Uh, my wife goes away mm. to, tomorrow yeah. with my son. I think she comes back late on Sunday. So basically... Mm. I'll make sure I'm fully showered before I come yeah, over to please. your house for the party. I will be running a UV light over you <laughs> at the nice. front door. This doesn't paint a very good picture of me. I, I'll, what I'll probably do is I'll probably binge watch something. I've just I've been oh. kind of binging justi- uh, Justified. The last two seasons of Justified yeah. over the last week, and I finished that last night. So I'll find something else that he doesn't want to watch. Don't think it's going to be MacGyver. Fair enough. I feel like that might have dated. Yeah. It's uh, as old as I am. Jesus, I did not realise it well, was that's that That's pretty old. old. Yeah. That's pretty old. Yeah, and next week it'll be even older. 
So wait a minute. The people who who made uh, he, you talked all over. Um, she's not. Sorry. She's not. Uh, she's going to get another chance. It's all right. Okay. All right. Let it come out fine right. in the edit. So basically, MacGyver was invented before you were born. No, the year I was born. Well, but they must have been making the episodes. What I mean is, they were making all of the episodes and stuff before. I don't know. It might have come out later in the year I was born, right. so I might have still existed. Well, it only takes quite, twenty minutes to record a. They were, movie yeah, I'm going to say they were quite series. high production values. They were probably they were probably recording in '84. I'd say. So, so what's happening this week? Uh, it's my birthday next week. Next Woo! week, happy birthday, Jane! Thank you. So, what's going to happen? I'm not going to be at work. Good Yay! for you. Happy holiday, oh, Jane. Week. So both of you are off. Are you two having an affair? Yes, no. Nick. When a man yeah. and woman love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, here's a picture of a penis. <laughs> I know what um, a penis looks like. Yes, it was. Un- um, it was a nice instance that James has the same week off as me, and it means that I go to. We're going to go to Longdown Farm. So there, well. it's a, it's a, a kiddie friendly dairy yeah. farm. It's lovely. Oh, nice. It's nice there. So we're going to go there. And we're going to take my kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go there and like look weird. at goats and go. Oh, and have a tractor ride. Uh, tractors are too small for us as well. Tractors are too small yeah, for you little, two. They've got the little tractor thing where little kids can drive their own little tractors. Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah that's that a seems thing. dangerous. No, well, it's in a small pen and there's parental supervision. They made, and they're made out of plastic. Plastic. A plastic. Yeah. Um, You're so posh. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of fun birthday things. Good. That's good. Basically not going to work. Yeah. So lots of uh, 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 porn? No. James? Uh, no, not for me. My family a bit at home. Oh, God. Yeah, you can't really get away, can you? No, Nicola hates it. What, porn? N- no, me watching it while they're all in. <laughs> <laughs> Gets me in all sorts of trouble. Um, so we like... There's going to be lots of... Well, no, I'm not actually off work at all, thinking about it. I was going to say, there's going to be lots of being off work, but mm. I'm not off work. I'm no. just not. I'm just going to have the house to myself It just feels weekend. like it. And so I'll have all of these plans for what I'm going to do, mm. and then I'll basically just be depressed for the whole weekend, mm. except for at Scarlet's. Uh, and we're like, oh, great, it's Friday night. Mm. I suppose I'll, I'll... But the thing is, I don't make any plans to do anything, because there are loads of things I should and could be doing yeah, on fo- my own. I just oh, hardly oh, get no. around to doing anything. This any is like them. procrastination... Head, yeah. deadhead isn't it you don't know what to do I'm going to a colleague's leaving do tomorrow mm. evening oh are you glad they're going no no. and they're dead to James they're dead yeah I can't go to his leaving do and I'm very upset he's a, been a very enjoyable human being all yeah we are sad he's going mm. oh man I'm sorry that your friend's going um, anything else happening in the coming week no okay so uh, this is the mom cast uh, regular listeners of the show will notice we didn't say something earlier on in the show uh, I'm going to do a bit of admin now next time I won't announce it like this it just probably makes more sense if it's at the end of the show than at the beginning if you want to listen to any of our previous episodes you can do that by going to momcomics.com they're all free to listen to and there's lots of show notes in case you want to skip to a particular bit there's a like a time thing that tells you when everything happens in the show only really for comic reviews and stuff like that it's not for every single joke uh, maybe one Thank of our listeners God. could get on to doing a wiki yeah, can you imagine how long episode? that list would be if you listed every joke it'd we'd be ever minus yeah, it'd be really long you're mean by graded by graded by how hilarious they are <laughs> wow um, minus 10 I definitely oh, wow. I definitely think someone should get on a wiki 
yeah, definitely. do a wiki of all of the shows. There have only been 245. Mm. So someone gets on it now, they'll only have 245 to do. Next week it'll be 246. Mm. Week after that it'll be 247. Best get on it. You want to do it before 250. You see a pattern yeah. forming here. Yeah. Uh, by 250, it'll be 250. Yeah. Um, that's nearly 700 hours of podcasting. Jesus Christ. So you can listen to all of the previous episodes at momcomics.com. You can also follow us uh, on Twitter at momcomics, or you can talk to Jane on Twitter at... Jane Comics. Or James on Twitter at... James Mom. <laughs> or me on Twitter at <laughs> NickSight, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. And we are, I think I said we're on Facebook. You can find a link to that on momcomics.com. Um, we can also talk to you via email. Wow, that's awkward. I'll cut this bit. I'll go back to it. You can also talk to us on email uh, by sending us an email to momcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your uh, thoughts via email but we would also love to get your audio contributions for the show we take audio contributions of between two and five minutes about do you know it doesn't have to be between two and five minutes let's just say under five minutes yes what's wrong with a one minute contribution if that's all someone's got to say read this it was good bye yeah uh, so yeah, under five minute audio contributions about any anything comicy of heavy breathing, anything comicy that For you James's think that use. we don't talk about enough, or or you want to talk about a bit more, we would love to hear that from you. MP3s preferably, but anything that your phone will do really will be fine too. Uh, that email address, which was momcast.gmail.com. You can also please please do rate or review us at one of the various podcatchers that you can listen to this show on. There's Stitcher. We like Stitcher. Love Stitcher. There's also um, iTunes, lesser known, the lesser known iTunes. You won't have heard of it. Uh, Pocket Casts. That's the one I use. We're also on SoundCloud. SoundCloud's a really sad clown, as James sad, calls it. Sad clown. Sound, SoundCloud <clears throat> is a really fun way to listen to audio and comment on audio and stuff. Uh, good. In fact, if you want to go on SoundCloud and mark uh, mark all of the jokes with a little comment, rate each of the jokes with a little comment, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd do be that. good. And please shit, do shit, <laughs> shit, lol. Please do wherever you. Uh, talk to people on the internet or off the internet if you think there's someone who might like our podcast uh, even if you don't please do send them our way that would be lovely thank you have I missed anything nope nope We've I'd got, just like to thank Jesus no, and, no it's not no, about no, thanking people no. okay sorry but thank you listener you've been amazing thank you I'd like to thank Jesus no do that mom. on your own okay. after you've <laughs> Maybe you could send an audio contribution in of 10 seconds, James. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, please do tune in again next week. Yes. Or, you know, whenever it's a podcast, you can listen to it whenever the fuck you want. Yeah. You can binge. Yeah, binge. Oh, yeah, binge. If you've binged, please tell us. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to hear from you. Do, 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 do engage with us. Do, 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 do,
bearing on your mental capacity or capability <clears throat> and uh, can you still eat food properly? Oh, I, I really like looking at pictures of uh, stupid-looking horses at the moment. I particularly like the one who, who's got his head stuck in a tree. I don't think she was asking you, James. So, so I don't you, need to know about your mental... If you want to send us pictures of stupid-looking horses, you can do that to... Um, Literally to anything. James is an idiot gmail.com so anyway thank you for your patience you're a great listener we love you yeah. uh, thank you you too bye bye said disgust of humour do you is that something you'd you'd like to do James I don't know not fast just as long as I carry on getting to do this I'm fine so you can't be bothered to have a discussion about whether or not you want to do a humour show yeah but you want to maybe make this a discussion and humour show yeah maybe falling at the first hurdle there a little bit we're having a discussion now aren't we I'm discussing Kind of, but it, it feels as if you're being dragged into it. Yeah, but that, that's how the dynamic of the show would work. <laughs> Is it called Reluctant James? My name would have to be in the title. I think Reluctant James could be a children's book if I do about a, a giant bear, <laughs> like Paddington Bear, but not like Stupid enough bear. not like Paddington Bear that you could get away with with it copyright wise if I do another podcast now my name's got to be in the title I'm pretty Why? much done with doing podcasts where my name isn't in the title are you? yeah I want my name up in lights well maybe maybe if we renamed this it, it could that could be incorporated into it James and Colleagues comic book podcast James Comics and friends in advert comments do you think maybe you could have a more sl- logo friendly name though yeah, James. James. Cheers, God. Cheers, God. Cheers, God. That's where my version of Thor lives. <laughs> In your porno parody yeah. world. Oh, totally. If you made a Thor porno parody, he could live in Jizzgard. Um,